We're going to be learning the Sikha the Tess, the Sikha for Rosh Hashanah, slash Vav Tishrei. So in this Sikha, the Rebbe discusses the Haftarah of the first day of Rosh Hashanah, which is the story of Hannah. As we know that Hannah was remembered on the first day of Tishrei, and that is the reason why we lay in that Haftarah. But of course, if we're laying that Haftarah on Rosh Hashanah, there must be a connection to Rosh Hashanah and a lesson for us. So let's look at the story of Hannah. Before we do that, the main points, the main discussion that we're going to have today is going to be regarding the idea of Achtar Samalach. And we're also going to be talking about the Tinyan of Tefillah of Rosh Hashanah. So in the story of Hannah, we know that Hannah was is childless, and she goes to Mishkan and Shiloh to Davin. Eli sees her davening, and, she, and he sees that her lips are not moving. She was medavera saliva, and he thinks that she's a shikaira. She's shikar. So Eli waits for her to finish, and then she tells her, my daughter, how long are you going to come to the house of Hashem while you're drunk? So she replies to him, I'm not drunk. I haven't had any wine. Rather, I'm pouring out my nefesh to Hashem uh, to have a child. And then, of course, he gives her a bracha for the child, and she makes a nether that she's going to dedicate this child to Hashem, and that eventually becomes Shmuel Hanabi. So the question regarding this satire is, how did Eli make such a mistake, Menachatzah Lakatzah? She's giving, a, he's pouring out her nefesh to Hashem, one of the deepest levels of davening, and then Eli thinks that she's drunk. How do you have such opposite perspectives? What's going on over here? And we know that the Torah doesn't speak about, so if the Torah is going to be mentioning this story of Eli, it must be that there's a very important lesson for us to learn from here. And the second question is, if Ailey actually thought she was really drunk, why did he wait for her to finish her prayers and only then did he comment and, and question her? He should have stopped her right when he realized that she was drunk and thrown her out of the Mishkan. Why wait? So the postulate answer is, and, and later on in the sequel we'll go to a deeper uh, explanation of because this is, but a, a simple answer is, that when Eli thought that she was drunk, it doesn't mean literally drunk with wine. Rather, Eli thought she was drunk with the Indian of tefillah, that she was davening to, to much more than she should have davened, which that would not have been appropriate in the Beis Hashem. And as we're going to explain later, because this is what this is, but on a simple explanation, the rubber brings an R15, an explanation which he bases on a Rashi like later on in the Gemara, that uh, over there, Tesis discusses that sometimes uh, it, we find that the uh, concept of iyun tefillah, con- deep contemplation and davening, is something which is praiseworthy, and sometimes we find that it's something which is not good. Uh, in davening, we say every single day, one of Eli Dvarim, we have the idea of iyun tefillah. So the question is, why sometimes in Chazal is iyun tefillah something which is considered praiseworthy, and sometimes not? So Tesis explains that there's two types of tefillah. There's one type of tefillah, of ian tefillah, which is desirable, which that is when a person is absorbed in his davening. And of course, that's, uh, that's a big schos. And the second type is when one anticipates an answer to his tefillah because he's davened so much, he's davened so long, and he's davened uh, with such intensity. And that's considered undesirable trait, as the Shulchan Aruch tells us, that when a person feels confident about his tefillahs, the... Uh, the uh, Beisden Shomailah says he seems so confident of his chuyas, let's examine his record. And that's why uh, 
it, it says in, our, in the Gemara in Bracha stuff, on the base, on the base, that when somebody is ma'ayin, his call him and he's ma'ayin ba, at the end he will come to ka'avlev, he'll come to heartache. The reasoning is because this is the type of prayer where he's expecting it to be answered. Similarly, another Gemara tells us in Brachas Dachman, hey, that when a, one of the vainas that a person would be is judged for, Gimel Dvar, Maskir, Venesa Shaladam, and one of them is Ian Tefillah. So why is that Maskir, Venesa Shaladam? Because since he feels he deserves to be answered, so that reminds uh, us of all of his sins because the, the Beis and Shemila will look and say, this person feels confident that Hashem has to give him his request. Let's see if he's actually deserving. So therefore, in our situation, Ailey thought that she was this this type of Ian Tefillah, where she's, since she's davening so long, she's Mitzapa that she will get uh, her tefillahs will be answered. And therefore, Chana answers back and says, no, rather, I'm, it's the first type. I'm pouring out my nefesh. I'm connecting to Hashem. I'm being absorbed in the tefillah. It's not just for myself. And this would answer the three questions. Well, how did Ailey make such a mistake? She's drunk. And she's saying, no, I'm being pouring out my nefesh. Because here it has to do with a matter of kavana. He assumed one kavana that she had, and the Pail, she had a, a different type of Kavana. Why are we mentioning this story? Is it a Gnus Shal Eli? It might be a Gnus, but it's teaching us something which is very important. It's teaching us about these two types of Tefillah. That even when you're davening Ba'arichos, if it's with the wrong intention, then it's not desirable. But if it's with the right intention, then of course it is desirable. And why did Eli wait for her to be finished? Because she wasn't actually drunk. She was davening to Hashem, and of course that's something which is permitted. But he felt that once she, once she completed it, he felt that he needed to give her most to explain to her what is the proper way of davening, and that's why he waited. And uh, we will get to an even deeper explanation later on in the Sicha. But first, we have to ask a question, and through this question, we'll get back to the story. We have to look at the tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, because there seems to be a paradox within these tefillahs. On one hand, we know that the main the, the essence of, the, of Rosh Hashanah is the idea of Hachtar Samalach, crowning Hashem as king. And we know that when you crown Hashem, when, when, by Hachtar Samalach, when you're crowning somebody as a king, this involves a complete bittle of the people to the king. They, they have to, be, they're, they're giving up their entire identity and they're making themselves dependent. They're giving over their literally matters of life and death over to the king. So when you're making the king a king, what you're essentially doing is you're being mevatu yourself and you're putting yourself under the jurisdiction of the king, even for matters which are re- relevant for life and death. It's something which is going to matter to the future of the entire nation. And Hasidus explains even deeper that the truth is that by a, a, a individual who is truly qualified to be a king, he doesn't actually want to be a king. Because a, a truly qualified individual, someone who has his very uh, individual that's involved in Chachma, he has very high levels of Midas. So what he's involved in, he wants to connect to Hashem, he wants to learn Torah, he wants to be involved in these holy and high pursuits. So why would such an individual want to give up from his own time where he's able to focus on his own uh, desires and his own objectives and his own goals and all of a sudden have to deal with the petty matters of the nation, you know, how to, you know the agriculture and the sewer system and the wars, everything else that is involved in taking care of a nation, the day-to-day activities. He'd much rather focus on the things that he loves and he pursues, 
Why would he want to be involved in the day-to-day type of activities of taking care of the kingdom and all the politics uh, that goes with it, which is, as we know, is, is basically just a whole uh, being involved in schmutz the entire time. It's not, it's not something which makes sense, Alpitan Vadas. So Hasidus explains that's true. Alpitan Vadas, he wouldn't actually want to be the king. But mitzad the etzim of the nefesh, mitzad the essence of the person's neshama, there is a desire to be a king. There's a desire to be a leader. There's a desire to have influence. It's part of what makes a person a person. A person, there's many, we've been explaining over the past few sikhas, over the past few weeks, the idea of the etzim. Within the nefesh, the etzim of a person means what defines the person, the essence of what a person is that makes him into a person. If you're missing one of these qualities, that means you're, that you're not a person. So the essence is something which is the, the, uh, is the essence of what the person is and it can never change. Uh, if it would change, that would just mean that you're not an Adam, you're not an, a person, you're something else. So if you had a different type of etzim, it might be you're an animal, you're some other type of um, object in the world. Of course, a person cannot change who he is. So the essence of a person, that is something that can never change. Just like saying, theoretically, if you could change part of your etzim, that would just mean that you're not an Adam anymore, because the etzim means this is what makes you into a person. Therefore, essentially, that is something that cannot be changed. And there's nothing that could actually affect what those uh, essential qualities of a person's uh, soul is. For example, uh, Hasidus brings many times that a person wants a home. That's part of the essence of a person is that he needs a home. So even if a person doesn't realize he wants a home, he doesn't have a desire to have a home, but within his nefesh, he always has that desire. Therefore, when the opportunity arises, someone tells him, you know, there's this concept of a home, it will make sense to him. And then eventually when the opportunity will become relevant for him, he, the desire to actually own a home will also come up. So there are different stages of this rutsin. But the reason why owning a home makes sense to a person, and eventually there will be an actual desire in rutsin to go have a home, it's because within the identity of a person, someone who doesn't have a house is not an other. Part of the identity of a person is that you need to have a home. Without a home, it's something integral missing to who you are. So therefore, the etzim will constantly um, won't be fulfilled, won't be complete until that house is bought. And therefore, when the opportunity arises, when it comes relevant, a person will be inclined to buy the house and he will be pushed and he'll have desire to own a home. So the same thing is, is with the idea of malchus. The idea of malchus is something which is part of the essence of a person. So when the opportunity arises, when there's an union of malchus and it's awakened, then a person will want to be a king because a person naturally, because of the, who the person is, wants to have influence on others. He wants to be able to guide others. But the question, of course, is how do you awaken that desire within this individual? Clearly, this person is involved in his own affairs. He's a, high, a very highly educated, very intellectual, spiritual individual. What, what could the nation do to make him desire to become a king? So Hasidus again explains the way how that happens is, is by the people nullifying themselves to him. They, they, they have a gili of their own atzim and nefesh, that they reveal within themselves the desire to have uh, a king. By them dedicating themselves to the king, and they're giving themselves completely over to him, that he will be able to guide them and lead them as a nation, that awakens within him this desire to be a king. It's something which was, again, so even if intellectually taka doesn't make sense, but this is part of what makes a person a person, and therefore when the etzim of the people 
are revealed, that would automatically connect to his nefesh, and then between his etzim and nefesh, he will also have that desire to become a king. And of course, once that desire is revealed, um, the desire has an effect on the seichel, has an effect on the midas, and and and, and uh, he accepts the job. And then once the job is accepted, as we already know from Shalomach, who originally, that's a good example, he originally did not want to become a king. But once he became a king, he didn't want to give it up. Because once that desire is revealed, as, and he becomes a king, it's extremely difficult to give that up. So that is one aspect of Rosh Hashanah. And that's a big part of it, what, what we, in our, in our tefillahs, that we speak about the idea of Hashem being a Melech HaKala'ila. The other hand, we have in, we have in the davening, because of a person is asking for his needs. We have Nisana Taikib, we have all asking for life, asking for Mazayinus, for children, everything that we need for the year. And we know that the essence of what davening is, as the Tamech Zedek explains, the Sherish of the union of davening, is when a person is missing something and he feels that lack, he turns to Hashem and asks Hashem to, 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 to be mashlim, that which is chasa, that which is missing to him. So the, the, the essential mitzvah min is really when you have something which is lacking, is to daven. Of course, nowadays we daven every single day, and there's a certain particular nusuch that we have, but these are rabbinic ordinations, how many times we daven a day and what the exact nusuch is. But what's the essential mitzvah of davening is when you're missing something, when you're something lacking, you turn to Hashem and you daven to fulfill it. So in this tefillah Yislachar, we have two opposite type of ideas. We have on one hand the idea of making Hashem king, we're crowning Hashem king, which is the idea of completely not thinking about yourself. Rather, you're dedicating yourself to the king and you want Hashem to be the king and whatever Hashem's desires are, you're accepting upon yourself whatever those gazeros are going to be, whatever his decrees are going to be, however way he's going to lead the nation, even if it's matters of life and death, I am dedicating myself to whatever that will be. On the other hand, at exactly the same moment, you're thinking completely about yourself and you're seeing and you're feeling what you're lacking and you're asking Hashem, Hashem, I need this. I'm, I'm, I'm lacking these parts, uh, uh, these things in my life and I need to fulfill. It seems like very opposite type of extremes and things that are happening at exactly the same time. So the Rebbe explains that the Avaida of Tamluchuni Aleicha, through the Avaida of Tamluchuni Aleicha that Yid has on a Shana, it's the Megala, the Etzam HaNeshama of the Yid, as we explained. That through the Gili of the Etzam HaNeshama, that is how you awaken the desire within Hashem also to be a Malach over us. So the, the, so the Rebbe says that the Etzam HaNefesh of the Yid, it does not have its own uh, Ritzoynes. Rather, all the Ritzoynes, all the desires, are the desires of Hashem. As we say, So it's telling us a very interesting uh, um, detail about the Etzim HaNefesh that we've been discussing for the past few weeks. That the, within the Etzim HaNefesh of a Yid, the Etzim HaNefesh of a Yid is Yechid it's completely attached to Hashem. Therefore, the, the essence of what a Yid is, is that he is attached to Hashem, that he's one with Hashem. Therefore, it doesn't have its own desires. The desires of the Nefesh are the desires of Hashem. It does not have its own Ritzoyness. The Ritzoyness of an Etzim HaNefesh is that it is one with Hashem. So therefore, Hashem Ritzayin, Hashem's desires are also the desires of the Etzim HaNefesh. And therefore, as we know, that Hashem's desires, Hashem wants a dira in this world. Therefore, within the Etzim of a Yid, He also has this desire to have a dira B'Tachtayin. Within the essence of Hashem, uh, he, he wants to be a Melech, He wants to be a Melech 
over this dear betachtain. He wants to be revealed as a king over this dear betachtain. Therefore, within the etzim and nefesh of Yid, he also has the desire that Shem will be a melach hakolaylam. He has the desire to make this dear betachtain in this world. And therefore, every single Yid has his mission, has his part of how to make Hashem melach hakolaylam kulik betacha. And that's the idea of himself, his, his, his own Hashem, his own Guf, and his chalke ba'ilam. And his chalke ba'ilam means the sparks of kedusha that are up to him, that is his mission to refine them and to elevate them. So on Rosh Hashanah, when a person's, what's the penimus, what's the essence of why Yid is asking for his needs? What's really happening, he's not asking for his needs for his own physical desires, but rather, while you're crowning Hashem as king, as a hemshuch to that avoid of making Hashem as king, as malaycha akala in kumidacha, the hemshuch of that is that you're also asking for Hashem for all the things that you need in order to fulfill your mission. So you're asking Hashem to give you your chalkabayin, your mezaynis, the parnasa, the children, everything that you're going to need in order to make adir v'tachtayin. So therefore, it's not that Rosh Hashanah and that we're, on one hand we're making Hashem king and we're also asking for our needs. No, it's really one hemshech, it's one idea. We're making Hashem king. We're making Hashem adir v'tachtayin, that melech ha'kalayin kubedacha, and that includes within it also the individual needs of each person, that each person, in addition to giving himself or in addition, meaning is at the same time that he's giving himself completely over to Hashem and Hashem's mission of making he's also requesting from Hashem that Hashem gives him the capability to be able to make uh, this Diba Tachtainim in order to make Hashem a Melech Akolayla. But the truth is, we could ask, we could ask, we could, we could, we could, we could bring this to even a, a deeper level of understanding about, about these two top parts of the Davni. Because you can ask like this. L'chaira, this level of Avedah, that the reason why a person is going to ask for all of his needs, it's not for himself, but it's rather just because he wants to fulfill, uh, just because he wants to, to, to fulfill the desire of Hashem, to be a melach. L'chaira, that's shaykh to only very, very special individuals, to true tzaddikim. But a regular person, in addition to him wanting Hashem to be king over the world, he also asks for his needs because he's talking lacking them. As we explained earlier, the idea of tefillah is that you know what's missing and therefore you're asking them. So when a person's diving to Hashem when you're diving to Hashem from the Meitzar, how at the same time can you say this should not be because of the Meitzar, it should only be because to make Hashem Melech. Or in other words, to explain it, Alpi Chassidus, he says, the Mela, if our whole desire, if the whole purpose of Davin was just to make Hashem Melech, and we're saying, Hashem, we're giving ourselves completely over to you, that's something which Ayit can do, especially during the days of Seir Smei which we know that the Mar is Akira Mayal Anitzus, that the Mar is close to the sparks within the Shama. So our Neshamas are able to be uh, be revealed and, and come one again with the Mar, with the Hashem, and dedicate ourselves completely to Hashem. But how at the same time that we're not focusing ourselves, we're just dedicating to Hashem, is that we can think about what we're missing and what we're lacking and all the suffering and the pain that we have, but have all that pain and suffering we only want to rectify it, not for ourselves, but only inside Hashem. It seems very, something which is very difficult for a regular person to be able to accomplish. So the explanation is that the Baal Shem tells us that the Pneumistika reason why, that the real reason why Yid is hunger, hungers and is thirsty is because not Shem Behem It's because the Nefesh within them is languishing. Meaning that the true reason why you feel hunger, and the true reason why you have thirst, and this is, and therefore you want that food and drink, 
It's because the nefesh within you is languishing for the netzutzei kedusha which is in that food. So the reason why you have these physical desires and need to have food and drink is because of this uh, need to be able to mevar these nesutas. So the same thing So the same thing is on Rosh Hashanah, that this that you're asking for your own needs, you have your Bakash of Tzrachav on Rosh Hashanah and you're asking for it, it's because the real, even if it's, it feels like it's just mitzad, your body, that your body wants uh, food, drink, your body wants to have all the things that you're lacking. The emiss, the reason why you're asking for those things, the real reason why you're asking for panasa v'chulu v'chulu is because your nefesh within you is telling you that this, this is where your Nitzutzei Kedusha are. So the truth is, what we're saying is that the general kavana of Rosh Hashanah, of making Hashem Melech, and also the Bakashah Srach of this that you're asking for your own needs, it's really coming from one place. It's all from this desire of making Hashem Melech. It's all from the desire of making a Dib So making Hashem Melech is you're giving yourself up in Gansan for Hashem, and this that you're asking for your needs, even if you think Bechatsoinius, it's because you want them for yourselves. The panemius of why you want those particular things is because only through them are you able to uh, fulfill your kavana uh, in this world. And to explain this a, a bit deeper, based on what we discussed earlier, that Matzad, we said, the etzim of, of, of a person, etzim of the person is how the person is on his own. What makes a person a person? So what makes a person a person we said there's many parts. There's wanting to have a, a dira. There's uh, a desire to live. There's the uh, a, a, a desire to have children, etc., etc. So in order for the nefesh to be able to get what it needs or get these things, that's through the power of ratzon. Ratzon, as Chassidus explains, is the hamshachas v'taisa nefesh, that it turns and, and, and pulls the nefesh to a particular uh, direction. So, for example, a person wants to have a home, or within his etim and nefesh, there's a need for a home. So when that desire becomes revealed, that's the idea of Ratzin. And the Ratzin will give the energy, will give the life force, and focus that life force in order to accomplish that goal, to get what the nefesh needs for it to be whole. So you have how this is, Lamaila, and you also have how this is, how, when, when the, the nefesh is inside of a body. So for example, when the nefesh is Lamaila, when it's not within a physical body, it wants life. What is life to Neshama? It wants to be connected to the Hashem. It wants to attach itself to Hashem. When it comes into the physical body, the body wants to live physically. So this etzim desire of the nefesh to live, lamaila is to connect to Hashem. Lamata means to live physically. The desire to have a, a, a home. So lamaila, this is the concept of dir b'tachtayim. While when it comes down physically, when a person's in a body, he wants to have a physical dir gashmis. Lamaila, when a person wants to have a king, it means he wants Hashem to be the king over the whole world. When it comes down to Lamata, it means that a person wants to have a physical uh, king. So therefore, what we're seeing that things that you're drawn to physically, the reason why you're drawn to these things physically is because really, beside your etzem, beside your subconscious desires within you, you have certain needs that need to be fulfilled. So your subconscious is leading you to the things which are relevant to you. And it will make you have a greater desire for those particular things because doctor through getting those particular things are you're able to fulfill the, the, the etzim of who you are. And of course you can fill them, there's fulfilling them physically 
And then the penis the reason why you need these things physically, and you're able to reach the emissa inyan. So if it's, you know, making a king, it's making a Yiddish a king. Deeper levels, making Hashem your king. You know, there's making a physical home where you're able to connect deeper to within to your, your, your subconscious. It's to make a, a dira, which is based on Tyra and Mitzvahs, even deeper. It's make a dira b'tachtain with everything that you're involved in. So the subconscious has that power of the person. And therefore, when it translates into the body, there's many different levels of how it translates. It could be translated to a very basic level. And then there could be, as a person becomes more refined and more in tuned with his neshama, it's able to become revealed what the true pneumistic reason why he has these particular desires. And maybe just to give an example, Hasidus explains uh, what it says in the Gemara, Your father, what was he very careful? What mitzvah was he careful in? The answer was tzitzis, the Gemara tells us, for, for, for that story. So Hasidus explains, what does it mean, It means, with which mitzvah was your father more careful in? And through that mitzvah, it gave light and, and, to all of his avayt. I mean, it brought up all of the avayt Hashem that he had. So there are particular missions within a person's life, so particular mitzvahs that a person needs to do. Through the fulfillment of those mitzvahs, it elevates everything about him. Why does it elevate everything about him? Because those things are relevant to his etzim. So when you connect to the parts of your mission, which are connected to your etzim, that will elevate you to a much greater level than anything else. So Hasidus sometimes will explain, how, how do you know what mitzvah is relevant to your nefesh? So sometimes it'll tell you, it's because it's the mitzvah that you have a passion for. If you have a particular passion for this type of mitzvah, or certain uh, avoidus, that is a raya, that's a yichacha, that the reason why you're inclined to do those types of avoidus is because you have a connection to that. But sometimes the chassidists will tell you that the things that you um, find very difficult and very hard, that's maybe where the, that's where your desire is really from. The things that you find difficult and, and, and hard. And the reason why they're so hard is because the Yitzhahara is trying to push you away from what your true mission is. So it seems in a sense almost very contradictory. One hand you're saying, but how do you know what's desire by you if you have a passion in it? Other times say, no, how do you know what's desire if, if you really hate doing that particular type of avayda? What's the pshat? So the pshat is that it's probably both of those things are connected to your etzim and nefesh. Sometimes it will be revealed in a way that you have a passion for that particular Vaida. Why do you have a passion for that Vaida? It's because it's connected specifically to you. Your etzim feels correct. You somehow got involved in that Vaida uh, and you were good at it and it just makes sense to you and you put your passion into it. But there's other things in your life that you feel guilty about and, and you, you constantly go back to it. Like you feel bad, you don't want to do it, you, you hate it. You, you run away from it. It's, it's, it's a terrible fear that's pushing you away from that type of avayda. But the question you can ask yourself is, there's many types of avaydas that I'm not good in and I don't put a lot of energy. Why is it that that particular avayda I run away from more than any other avayda? Why avayda A? Like, I don't do avayda B. I don't do C. So why is it A that I'm running away from and constantly in my life I have these battles with A and I'm feeling guilty about it or I feel fear from, from it? Why from A particularly? The reasoning why is because your Etzim HaNashama is constantly pushing you there. It's pushing you there because you need to be able to conquer this Avaida A, whatever that Avaida is. So therefore you're running away from it, but your Nefesh pushes you for it. So therefore you're constantly going back to it, you constantly feel bad, you constantly are terrified of it. It's because you're being pulled to that particular type of Avaida. So that's how you know what's relevant to you. Either it's because something that you just have amazing passion for and you're drawn to it, or you're 
in a type of way, you're running away from a type of avayda. That's also a way how to know that it's connected to you. It's connected to your, to your atom. Therefore, we see, um, it's interesting, the Rebbe says, we see even in the davening of Rosh Hashanah, we see that when a person davens in the Sanateka, if you see that the, the heart of a Yid is more involved in the praise in the Sanateka, where it's talking about, you know, living, and he will have food, and he will starve the following year, more than in the Avayda, when we're saying, the reason why a Yid feels more in the Sanateka, the Pneumistic reason is, is because that's more relevant to this Adir B'Tayr B'Tachtaynim. Since what's relevant to him, what causes that Hazaza Atmos, what pulls your Nefesh in, what pulls your Nefesh in is your day-to-day type of life, of food, drink, making Adir B'Tachtaynim. That's what's the most relevant, is the actual fulfillment of the job. So, which is also connected to your Etzim Nefesh, but it's not that same level of connection to your etzim hanefesh or in the, it, within the depth of a person's etzim hanefesh as making a dir p'tachtayin and specifically the dir p'tachtayin for the netzutzas of Kedusha which are connected to him. Therefore, his own life, his own family, these things are felt much more by a person because those things are much more relevant for him. That's why you're drawn to your family. You're drawn to these things is because uh, they, they, they are the most important for you to fulfill your vayda. So going back to Rosh Hashanah, now we have a much deeper explanation, a beautiful explanation of how the Kasha Sarachav are an extension of the idea of Malaycha Kalayim Kulayim And in a sense, we're saying it's even a higher level than Malaycha Kalayim Kulayim The reasoning is because, yes, you're asking for it because you feel that it's missing and you feel this is something important to you. But for the very fact that you daven for something slightly different than your friend next to you, why does each person daven for something different? Why is one thing more important to you than another person? Why, when you're 20 years old, you daven for certain things which are different than when you're 60 years old? The reason is because the things that you're davening for and you feel that you need physically, that's an indication that those things are something which are also relevant to you within your Atzim HaNefesh. And within the Atzim HaNefesh of the Yid, we already know that the Atzim HaNefesh of the Yid just, is, is, just wants to have a deal with the Chaynim, is the desire for Hashem's Ritzayinus to be able to be fulfilled. And this is the explanation also Eli Bechana. We can understand on a deeper level what the argument between Eli and Chana was. Eli was saying that you're davening too much means that you're completely intoxicated with your own needs. She, she sees that he's having an Ian tefillah, and, but, but she's involved. She's in, completely intoxicating, asking for all the things that she needs. So he tells her, you're, you're in the base Hashem. Davening in the base Hashem, right in front of Hashem, in, within the Hashem's palace. You, it should be with a much greater level of bittel. How could you ask so much for your own needs while you're in the base of Hashem? This is the place where you're supposed to be in this battle. So Hannah answers back to him, I'm not asking for my own needs. I'm pouring out my neshama, pouring out the essence of who I am. These things that I'm asking for, I'm not asking for myself. This is a, the reason why having a child is so important for me is because this is This is the fulfillment of my mission in this world, which is to make a dir So Hannah had this, an amazing desire to have a child because her nefesh had that, the previous nafsha she had that etzim desire. Why did she have that etzim desire? Is because Hashem planted that within her. That is the etzim of who she is. And that's what she tells the alien, I'm asking for these things. Yes, I want a child also physically, but the essence of who it, what it is, is all because of my, my soul, pouring out and that's why and that's why we also see that as soon 
and she finishes her davening, even before she even has a child, she already promises in the Satan, I'm going to give my child over to Hashem. Because right at that moment, her nefesh was revealed, and within her Bukash Yisrachah, since she was Tzitzit, she could see within her needs what the pnimis of what the desire was, which is to give her child over to Hashem, to have Shmuel Hanavi. Because Shmuel Hanavi, it was her mission in life to have Shmuel Hanavi and dedicate him to Hashem, to be a Navi Hashem, to guide the Jewish people. So same thing also in our davening. This is the connection of why we have Haptoyer of Chana on Rosh Hashanah, because it's teaching us what our tefillah on Rosh Hashanah is, that we need to daven to the things that are important to us. So sometimes the alien in our nefesh comes to us and makes us feel bad. Like you're asking for your own needs, like you're Shachazer, you want all these things, hop, hop, give, give, give more things. Come on, why are you asking for so much? It's, dedicate yourself to Hashem. See what Hashem wants. But then we have Hana answering and saying, no, this, that, there's the Kasha Srachav, that, the re- real reason why I'm asking for these things, even if I only think it's for my physical needs, I want this because these are important to me physically. But the truth is, you should know that the reason why you want those things physically is because it's connected to your Avaidah Hashem. So don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. Ask, think about what the things that you need. Ask Hashem for the things that you need. Because the truth is, when you have those things, you will be able to fulfill your Avaidah Hashem. So the only Avaidah that you have is to Davin properly, have tachnunim and tefillas to Hashem, and then recognize when these things, when you have these things and these things come to you, that the end is the purpose of why you're having these things is to be able to fulfill that um in this world.